Hello, and welcome to Uncommon Intuition. I'm your host, Christy Hansel. It's been a couple of weeks. There's been a lot that has happened in my life, and I would like to give you an update on just why I've been MIA. But first, I want to share my appreciation for my listeners and my followers and my friends. First and foremost, I want to thank Lori Donahue for all of the distance energy healing that she's been sending me and my family during this time. I would also like to thank Sherry from California for sending a message that was very encouraging and leaving it for the podcast. I'll share that later on. I also want to thank all of my friends that have been helping me along the way. Madison, thank you for editing a blog post of mine and encouraging and having a partnership that we do. Alex, thanks for being a friend and sending me text messages and always being on my lives. And there's so many more. L'Oreal, thank you. You're always such a doll. I love watching your videos. So fun. There's so much more, and I hope that I don't forget anybody, but the names off of the top of my head are Danielle, Tabitha, Katrina, uh, Queen Strawberry, Mama Bear. Um, I've got Nikki Dot and Gabriel and Ben and Iz and Marissa and Ree. So many of you, I'm sure I'm missing them, but I really feel your love and your appreciation and the kinship that we all share um, on our TikTok lives and here on the podcast. Again, big shout out and a big thank you for this community that we continue to grow. Okay, enough with the mushy stuff. Let's give you an update on what's going on in Christy's life now. A couple weeks ago, my mom had a massive stroke. She was really fortunate. It didn't affect her mobility. It affected her vision somewhat with her peripheral vision, and it affected her short-term memory. So think of 51st Dates, that movie, and how she was on a loop and not really knowing what was going on. There for the first couple of days after her stroke, mom was definitely in a loop. It was scary. I felt like I needed to make these massive life decisions, and I wasn't ready. I was resisting it, and I felt lost. Luckily, my big sis came up and helped me with the medical and with arranging things and providing support during the time frame that I needed it. A week later, after mom was doing well, she had another episode and was sent back to the hospital. She's received excellent care at St. Elizabeth, and I really appreciate the team that's been working with her. I look forward to bringing her home soon, and I know that she's going to be just fine. You know, when I really think about being around family and experiencing this as a family trauma, it got me to think about generational healing. You know, when people talk about generational healing, you think, oh, I've got to do this like distance healing. I've got to do this past life healing. I've got to go back and fix the past and heal the wounds that were created in a time frame that I do not currently exist in. It's it's before my time, you know? But when you think about healing in general, you don't heal from the past. If you fall and you scrape your knee, you can't go back to the past and unscrape your knee. But what you can do is start healing from the moment that you scraped your knee and healing forward into the future to where it's no longer an issue. I really played around with this concept and rolled it around in my mind for a little bit. You know, what if generational healing could be as simple as acknowledging that there was a problem in your family line and your family history in relationships and in treatments and whatever have you. Acknowledging it, right? 
but saying to yourself in the future, this is no longer going to be an issue for my family. In the future, this problem no longer exists. Just like that, it's not there anymore. Just like you can see in the future where your knee is healed and it's no longer bleeding and an open wound. Sure, you may have a scar from it. There's something there that reminds you that something significant happened. But does it have to continue to be an open wound that will seep and spew everywhere on every family member? No, I don't think that it does. I thought about it some more. I'm telling you, I really thought about this generational healing because I've always had a problem as an energy healer, thinking about going back into the past and healing something in the past. It just never seemed tangible to me. It just didn't seem realistic. It wasn't something I could wrap my mind around, even though I knew it could happen. And it has happened for other people. But for me, I'm thinking, I don't know that's how it's going to work for me. Now, if you're on TikTok, I reference it a lot because I'm on that platform a lot as well. There's a a woman on there who restores stuffed animals, stuffed animals that were dearly loved to tatters, to bits and pieces. I'm talking the stuffed animal is no longer fluffy. It's maybe ripped in places. Maybe an eyeball has fallen out. These stuffed animals that anybody else would look at would say they need to be put in the trash. They need to be thrown out. They're no longer viable. It's so broken, it's so damaged, it can't be repaired. But people send their beloved stuffed animals off to this woman. And do you know what she does? She restores them. She takes out all of the stuffing and she sets some of it aside, place in a little heart-shaped pouch that she'll put back inside the stuffed animal. So its original essence is still there, but it's not fully up. You know, it's not all of the stuffing. It's still there. She washes the stuffed animal and restores its color, cleans it up. She repairs any tatters, any tears. She replaces any missing parts. She puts the heart back in. She restuffs it, sews it up, and it's good as new. And I thought about that as far as generational healing. And I thought, yeah, we can be a tattered, bruised, and damaged family, but we're not beyond repair. But what I can't do is go back to where it originally occurred, to where the damage originally was. I can't do that. Maybe through a past life regression, maybe through a shaman, maybe through other means I could. But for me personally, I can't do that. So I have to repair what is here, what's in front of me. And perhaps it's taking out the stuffing, taking out the old stories of the trauma, of the damage, of the stuff that's been on replay, keeping some of it, keeping some of it, but replacing it with new, you know, and that's really how you stop the generational trauma curse, if you will, from continuing. We hear this about families with addicts, right? There's somebody in the family that says no more abuse, no more addiction, it stops with me right? And it does. It stops with them. They change. They live completely different than how their parents lived, than how their siblings lived. They live a different lifestyle. They have a different purpose in life. And it stopped with them. 
because they said here and now it's changed forevermore. And I thought about that and I said to myself, yes, this family is damaged, but can it change from this point forward into something lovable again, into something that is restored again? I think it's possible. Those are just my thoughts. And those are just my thoughts. Two or three months ago, I bought a wooden box off of Amazon. It had the tree of life on it. And I was going to use this as part of a ritual for generational healing. But I never have gotten around to actually using it, to actually putting things into the box, to actually creating the ritual, the crystal grid, whatever have you, or intention work, manifestation work. I've never gotten around to actually doing it. Matter of fact, it's sitting under my bed right now. And I thought maybe, perhaps, this is why I haven't done the ritual yet. This is why I haven't done the manifesting work yet, is because it's not supposed to go backwards. It's supposed to go forwards. It's funny how those things kind of work out that way. I'll have to let you know how that journey goes for me as I continue to explore and research more and more about generational healing. But I thought this would be one to grow on for you guys as well. Continuing thoughts with Christy, I'm going to switch this subject here. This past week, someone copied my Instagram account for a second and third time. Now, They usually will ask people, do you want a reading, schedule a reading with me? And luckily enough, a lot of you know that I would never reach out to you and ask if you want a reading. Instead, I would announce that my readings are open and that I'm available to be scheduled again. So this leads me to a question that I get often, which is how do I figure out What's a real psychic? What's not a real psychic? What's a good reading? What's not a good reading? Um, I see a lot of TikTok videos and I keep seeing the same thing over and over again. How can I trust what's real, what's genuine, what's not? First and foremost, I'm going to say this, especially given the situation with my Instagram account, a genuine psychic would never ask you for a reading and to pay for a reading. They would be honest and upfront about their money and their prices as well. So we don't want to go to a, a psychic who says, get a reading for $25. And then at the end, they said, well, I asked, I answered, you know, four more questions. So that's actually going to be $100 for the entire reading. No, 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 we don't do that. We also do not do in the middle of a reading say, oh, you've got generational trauma. Let me heal that for you for an extra $175. Nope, that's a money-making machine. That's not a genuine spirit. Um... Here's a little known secret about psychics who really are gifted and are really doing it for the right reasons. If we're out and about, or if we see your profile picture or a DM or whatever, if we see that and we get a message for you, more often than not, we're going to say, hey, I think I have a message for you. Are you willing to hear it? Because... We will be proked and prodded until we give that message. It'll stick with us. Um, It kind of lingers, at least for me, it does. Like if I know there's a message for someone, I'm just going to be like, hey, here's the message. Uh, Get it out, get it over and done with. 
not that I can be manipulated uh, or anything like that, but if there's true healing that needs to be happening and I can sense and feel that, I'm not going to keep that from someone. So that's kind of my take on it. But I know a lot of people are not like that in this field. They are like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut unless I'm asked or unless I have money uh, given to me for a reading in particular. Okay, and so the next thing, let's go ahead, let's talk about those TikTok videos, the videos that you see on Instagram that keep popping up. Um, I will say this, <laughs> if you want follower accounts, do love readings and do career readings all the time. Why? Because those are the top two things that people are really wanting information on. It's the top two things that cause people the most anxiety. So People who are doing it for the follow count and things like that, they're going to constantly be giving those love readings, constantly giving those career readings. That doesn't mean that they are not accurate. It just means that those are the readings you're going to see the most of um, if someone is trying to gain a follower count. Now, are they accurate? Can I trust them? I keep seeing the same message. I will say this, with love and career readings in particular, I could give you the same generic message over and over again to keep you kind of in the dark, but also eager enough to want to come back and see if I'm going to say anything else uh, that's going to give you any clue on what's going to happen in your future. Now, how do you know if you've heard one of these messages and it's really for you and you've been hearing it on repeat and now you're kind of confused? Take a moment, sit with it and really realize where you're coming from. Is it something that you've been wishing and hoping to hear, and so you've manifested it into existence? Or does this really resonate with you? Does it make sense to you? Does it feel like it's a genuine message? You're going to have to use your discernment with that. And I will say, I love using the phrase, repeated messages are meant to be heard. So if you're seeing something on repeat, there's a reason why you're seeing it on repeat. There's something in behind that message. Either you need to acknowledge the message or you need to think about it a little bit longer. It's being brought to your attention for a reason. Is it making you question something? Usually if a message makes you more confused, that's not a message for you. If it's a message that leaves you questioning and it's not really resonating, that's not for you. Your intuition will never confuse you. It will never feel distraught. It will feel there will be a certain sense of certainty behind your intuition, behind your message. It will not feel like confusion. I just went back through my audio and re-listened to some of the stuff that I had just recorded, and I thought it was really interesting. You normally don't hear the outside noises um, as I'm recording, and when I was talking about intuitive messages and deciphering them for yourself, you could hear a little bird chirping in the background as if to emphasize certain points of my uh, dissertation, if you will. So I'm wondering how many of you actually caught that and had your ears perk up and go, wait a minute, what was that? Or how strange or how lovely to hear a bird. So I'm wondering what our little bird friend is coming to say today. So a bird is symbolizing freedom and strength and harmony with fellow creatures. It's perfect 
the bird also represents how important it is to wait patiently for the perfect timing before you strike. Which is really interesting because as I was listening to my audio and thinking about the past two weeks, I really have missed doing Uncommon Intuition. I didn't know how near and dear it was to me. I mean, I knew I enjoyed, I liked it, but it's really become part of me, almost part of my identity at this point. And I miss doing it. And I was thinking as I was listening to the audio, I want to do this full time. I want to make this, maybe this has all occurred to kind of bring to light that this is really the direction I need to figure out how I can make this work as a full-time situation for me. And then of course, you know, my human brain goes, girl, you need money. (laughs) You need to get paid for a job. This is just a hobby at, at this moment. That kind of thing was kind of going through my head. And it was really interesting as I was going through what a bird, totem, spirit animal would mean. And it's wait patiently before you strike. And, um, I got the message loud and clear. Thank you, Spirit. Up next, a card reading. Hi, Christy. My name is Sherry, and I'm from California. I just recently found your podcast, and I am very excited to go back and listen to all of them. Um, Thank you for doing this podcast and for wanting to hear my voice. I think this is different and unique, and I'm very excited for you to receive my message. Uh, If I have any questions in the future, I will definitely leave one for you, but thank you again for all you do. Signing off, Sherry. For today's card reading, I'm going to use Daily Guidance from Your Angels Oracle Card Deck by Doreen Virtue. Of course, after experiencing the bird, I wanted an animal deck. I don't think I have an animal deck, so that's probably something that I'm going to be looking for uh, here in the near future. But let me go ahead and shuffle the cards and see what they have to say today. We had two cards that kind of jumped out on their own, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and pull a third card just in case. Um, The first card has a little girl sitting on kind of like a sand dune island with some green grass under her. She's got her little angel wings and little curly hair, and she's got like a conch shell in her hand. And um, the card actually says, reward yourself. You've been giving a lot of yourself lately, and it's time for you to receive. Make the time to reward yourself in a meaningful way. But also that conch shell, I think of how um, Native people used to use conch shells to actually communicate or to call out and signal to other members of their tribe, of their village, of their group. And I'm like, oh, sometimes rewarding ourselves is calling in for backup, right? The next card has a little blonde-haired angel, kind of in a toga dress, um, and she's blowing bubbles, and she has a little heart bubble that she's blown. The card actually says, Cupid, we send great waves of love into your heart and mind, awakening your love life itself. Your clear decision to accept and enjoy romance has triggered this reawakening. 
allow yourself to spontaneously celebrate love in all of its glorious aspects. I'm more fascinated by the bubbles. And I'm like, how, like, how much joy do you get when you were a kid blowing bubbles? Maybe it was frustration because you couldn't blow the bubbles, but maybe chasing them and popping them was your thing. But to bring that childlike wonder back into existence. And also, that's a key for breath work, which I'm going to be talking about in our meditation here in a little bit. That, you know, maybe blowing bubbles and paying attention to your breath is really important during this time as well. Take a breath, take it easy, call for help, call for backup, right? Which is really, really funny. Uh, these cards must be for me. You know, I always say these. They, they always resonate with me when I read them. But this last card is Ask. It has a little boy angel on it. He is in like Greek garb with a little rope around his waist. And it says, ask us to help you in this situation. And we will immediately go to work on your behalf. We're governed by many universal laws, and among them is this free will that allows you to make your own choices and decisions. So we patiently await your request. Ooh, now this is interesting. You know, I know I kind of said at that first card, reward yourself. There's the conch shell, put in the call for backup. And then this card says ask, which is kind of reiterating that put in the call for backup. But what this card really says is, we're waiting for you to make up your mind. So in order to move forward, we really need you to have clarity of mind. I know one of my favorite things to say is figure out what you don't want, because that's going to come easier for you sometimes is figuring out, no, I don't want this. No, I don't like that. Before you figure out, oh, that eliminates all these possibilities. That must mean I want this. Sometimes we are not willing to admit what we truly want. And I know that's been my case this week where I've been having to make these rapid decisions and I've been very hesitant and, you know, flip-flopping back and forth. But it's truly because I don't want some of the things that I'm having to decide on right now. And I'm having to come to terms with that. So maybe you too also have to come to terms with things before you can kind of move forward in the path that you're supposed to be on. Up next, a meditation. So for today's meditation, I really want to talk about some of the meditations I've been doing and some of the breath work that I've kind of learned about here recently that when I did them, I felt significant change uh, within the relaxation of my body, mind, and spirit. So I'm going to play a clip. It's probably not kosher that I'm playing this clip, but I think this clip from Dr. Huberman, uh, Huberman's lab, Stanford Neuroscience, um, how he phrases this is going to give you some more insight on why this breath work works. A physiological sigh is a two inhales followed by an extended exhale. So it's like, that's the fastest way to bring the autonomic nervous system down. So I don't know if you caught that or not. I know a lot of us are used to sighing. You know, we're used to yoga and we're used to being told, take a deep breath in and exhale all that air, right? And that breath work 
does help. But to get there quicker, to get your body into a quicker state of relaxation, the two breaths in and one breath out, do that maybe two or three times and feel how your body kind of relaxes into it. It was amazing for me. So let's do that right now. Did you feel that? Did you feel your body kind of release and relax into that? The next breath work that the next breath work that I've learned about is called resonant breathing. Um, we've heard a lot about resonant voice, using your resonant voice, which I can explain later, but today we're talking about resonant breathing. So what this is, is when you do your big inhale in, as you exhale, instead of just, you know, breathing the air out, you're actually going to make a sound or hum as you breathe the air out. So I'm going to demonstrate. Now, if you listened, you kind of heard me quivered a little bit at first when I was breathing out. And then as I continued, it, that resonant voice, that resonant breathing got stronger. And that's what you're looking for is that, you know, non-quivering resonant breathing. And so if you do that maybe 10 times, that really resonates with you. That resonates with your soul, your spirit. It's very similar to chanting, you know, using your voice as chanting, but somehow coupled with that breathing out, it's just otherworldly. So I'm going to do it one more time and hopefully we can hear the difference in my voice. Of course, you can make whatever sound, tone, note that you want while you're doing your resonant breathing. But the important thing is to use your voice as you breathe out and to listen for that strong non-quivering. I'm going to be playing my crystal singing bowls here for you in a moment. And as I play, I want you to relax. I want you to focus on your breath work. Maybe try some of these techniques throughout that time and just enjoy yourself. It's okay if your mind wanders. It's okay if you fall asleep. There's no right or wrong to it. <laughs> 